Let's do a recap of week one. Antonio Brown to the Patriots. And I'm going to give you my winners and losers of week one. It's win or lose. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Win or Lose. Football season is here. Week one just wrapped up. Great games. Great teams. It was fun. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. But let's get into this Antonio Brown situation. The way it just ended with open. Just a horrible breakup. It was a... It was just a chaos every damn where. But now he's got these rape allegations with his former trainer Brittany Taylor who came out I think it was Tuesday night and said that she raped her uh, sexual conduct conduct within 2017 and 2018 came out of nowhere I don't know what's going on it just seems like it's always something with Antonio Brown I mean, this is like a real soap opera. Like every day, it's like something new was gonna happen with this guy. And now it's the Patriots' problem. I mean, Pittsburgh passed the baton to Oakland. Oakland passed the baton to New England. So, just the way things ended with Oakland was just a hot mess. I mean, like I said, now he has the rape allegations. So. Now we have to, the NFL is going to investigate it. I don't know what Goodell is going to do. Is he's going to be allowed to play this Sunday? He practiced yesterday with the Patriots, so we'll see. It's no word yet, but I'm pretty sure we'll hear something by the end of the week. But back to the way it ended with Oakland. I mean, just every day it seemed like it was something. You had the helmet issues. He was complaining about he couldn't wear the helmet he wants to wear. So that went on for a couple of weeks. He had a couple of, you know, sit-downs with the NFL. And I want to wear this helmet. It didn't work out. He tried it again. And they just said, no, these are the new helmets we're going with. So after all that, he finally decided to go with a new helmet. So we thought that was over. Then we find out he has frostbite on his feet. I guess he was in some damn chamber and didn't wear the right equipment. So he ended up messing up and fucking up his feet. So then then decided to show us a damn picture of it like we wanted to see it. But you know how he is when it goes with the social media. So that was an issue that kept him out of practice and a couple of preseason games. So it was just always something. The Raiders said he never came to back-to-back practices show up one day didn't show up the next so it was just kind of crazy and then you see they find him for not showing up through a walkthrough or not getting there so he you know puts the the message or the email he got from the team he puts that on social media to show everybody the Raiders find him so, and then the next day, him and the GM get into it because he puts their business out in the street. You know, lets everybody know about their drama. They're supposed to stay in-house. So, him and the GM get into it. It's a little back and forth. He claimed, they claim that he, you know, threatened to punch the guy, called him a cracker. And it's just crazy. I don't know what's wrong with this guy. So, then the next day, he comes back and apologizes to the team. You think everything is all good. So, you know, 
You think he's going to play Monday night against Denver. But then the Raiders tell him, you know, they find him and avoid his $29 million contract. And we're just going to pay him from week to week, which I think is a good idea when you got a guy like this who don't you don't know what you're going to get from day to day. He didn't like that, so he, you know, goes off and, you know, threatens to not play, you know. And, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me forget. I, did, I forgot about the part where he, you know, after he tried to call, after he called Mike Mayock a cracker, you know, the head coach calls him John Gruden, and he videotapes the conversation and makes a YouTube video out of it. So this was just a whole mess. So finally, to put him out of his misery, the Raiders finally, you know, gave him what he wanted. He, de- he decided to tell the Raiders, I want to be released. And they gave him what he wanted. They released him. And, you know, that was it. But a couple of hours later, he gets picked up by you-know-who. The New England Patriots decide, we'll bring him in and change him around, try to turn him into a choir boy. And... This is what you have, you know. He acts like a fool and gets rewarded by, you know, having a chance to play for a championship now with the New England Patriots. Now he faces these rape allegations, so I don't know how that's going to affect things. We'll see. But everybody's freaking out about him going to the Patriots. Oh, this is unfair. Oh, they did it again. You know, it's not that bad. It's football. Like I said, who knows? He's going to be there the whole season. He's one fuck up away from being out the league. So, we don't know how that's going to turn out. This is not Durant to the Warriors. We're, oh my God, who's going to beat this team? No, it's not like that. This is football. This is a one-game scenario. You don't have to beat a team four times to, to win the championship. You catch them on one bad Sunday, and there's upsets all the time. The best team never wins. The best team doesn't always win in football. So, everybody stop freaking out. It's not the end of the world. We'll see. But it does make you wonder. Watching that game on Sunday night, the New England Patriots looked amazing. And then adding Antonio Brown into that mix, if he can stay out of trouble, it does look kind of scary out there. I mean, they just dismantled the Pittsburgh Steelers 33-3. I know Antonio Brown loved every bit of that. Defense looked amazing. Pittsburgh couldn't move the ball, couldn't get anything done. It seemed like they took three points just to, hey, say we scored. Because, I mean, what was the point of, you know, trying to get three points when you're down 20 nothing? But it seemed like Pittsburgh was just, you know, hey, we at least got to score. So they took three points. Brady looks amazing. It seems like he's Benjamin Buttons out there. Like, you know, everybody else is getting older and he's getting younger. It seemed like he even get he looked younger now at 42 than he did when he was 22. He's playing great ball. They got weapons all over the place. Josh Gordon looks good. Edelman is back and healthy. The offensive line hasn't been an issue like we thought it would be. I know know it's week one, but this team does look even better than last year. And that's the scary thing about that, especially when you throw on top of that Antonio Brown is going to be here. We'll talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers and that mess that we seen Sunday. We'll talk about them a little bit later, but this is about the Patriots. Brady looks like he's motivated. They want to go for back-to-back championships and add Antonio Brown is just going to make it like much more of a chance of that happening. 
Like I said, it's only week one. But they look like they have the team to beat right now. And adding Antonio Brown to the mix is going to be fun and interesting to watch. What drama will come up next with the Antonio Brown situation with the Patriots? Can him and Belichick and Brady kind of mesh? Well, it's going to be interesting to see, and I can't wait to see it. Chiefs got off to a good start, beating the Jacksonville Jaguars 40-26 on Sunday. Patrick Mahomes looked like he's in midseason form. The offense looked unstoppable against a good Jaguar defense. I don't know. Sammy Watkins, nine catches, 198 yards, three touchdowns. If we can get that Sammy Watkins to go with Kelsey, they brought in LaShawn McCoy with Patrick Mahomes. Man, this Kansas City offense it's going to be pretty good. Now, they do miss Tyreek Hill. He He's out with the shoulder injury. He's going to be out four to six weeks, they're saying. That's a big loss. You know what I'm saying? Sammy Watkins has had his, you know, problems where he couldn't stay healthy. So, missing Tyreek for four to six weeks is going to be huge. But I think they got enough weapons to overcome it. I like the way the offense looks. Now, the defense is, on, is another story. Now, they still struggling Jacksonville. They hurt Nick Foles in the first half. He like he's going to be out for about eight to ten weeks. I don't know if that's going to be, you know, they're going to shut him down for the whole season or not. But he got hurt, but they brought the rookie in, and he moved the ball up and down the field like it was no problem. So that Kansas City defense still like it might be like one of their biggest issues might be their problem that might, if anything, holds them from getting to the Super Bowl or winning it all. I still think it's going to be that defense not being able to stop nobody. They can put pressure on the quarterback, but that secondary can't cover me or you. Um, Like I said, with Jacksonville Foles getting hurt, that really kind of hampered where they kind of thought they would go this season. So we'll see where it goes from here for both of these teams. But I like what I'm seeing from the Chiefs offense, which that, you know, was the, you know, the least of our worries coming into this season. Out of everything in the NFL, we knew one thing we didn't have to worry about was this Kansas City offense led by Pat Mahomes. They look like they already in midseason form. They look like they already one of the top teams in the league. And it's going to be fun to watch. They're going to have to score a lot of points, though, with that defense. best game of the week was Monday night football. The Houston Texans and the New Orleans Saints came down to the wire. Saints end up pulling it out 30-28 with a 58-yard field goal by their kicker Will Lutz. This game was the best game of week one. It was amazing. Two great quarterbacks going back and forth with Deshaun Watson, three touchdowns. Drew Brees, two touchdowns, 370 yards passing. And the Saints found a way to pull it off. I don't know if I like Drew Brees throwing the ball 43 times. But I guess it's week one. He's still fresh. And you got to do what you got to do to get a win. It was a good game. Like I said, it went back and forth. Houston jumped out to, you know, a double-figure lead uh, in the third quarter. 
But the Saints just kept coming back, kept coming back, and found a way to win the game. Now, the Saints' defense kind of struggled a little bit against the pass, but you're not going to face DeAndre Hopkins and Deshaun Watson every week. Those two are just special. That's why I think with all the turmoil with Houston, the bad coaching decisions, why are you playing 15 yards off when the Saints just need six or seven yards with six seconds left? Like I said, with the bad coaching and just bad O-line play, I still think with those two special guys, they still going to find a way to win 10 games. Those guys, you just don't find guys like that in the league. And I think, with, like I said, with all Houston's troubles, they still going to find a way to win the game. I mean, the offensive lines, hopefully Deshaun can get through the season because this offensive line is just just terrible. I mean, you got you got your franchise quarterback. That's the first thing you do. First thing you do when you buy a home, what do you do? You get home insurance. You protect it, right? Houston has done a lousy job of making sure their franchise quarterback is protected. And I think this might be another case of what happened with the coach with Andrew Luck. Like, is injuries going to, like, derail Deshaun Watson's career? I don't know. But they're not kind of taking him for granted because he is kind of fast and kind of get out of pressure. But... A lot of those hits pile up, and it's only week one. He's already looking like he's has back pain and back trouble, but he found a way to play through it. He played great. Houston had their chances to win the game. Like I said, I think they should have won the game. Like the bad coaching down the stretch on the defensive side of the ball. I've never been a fan of Bill O'Brien, the head coach. And it cost the Texas the game. You don't give Drew Brees that much time and decide I'm going to play a zone to get them down there to midfield. And then I'm going to play 10 yards off the, 20 yards off the receiver when they only need like eight yards to pick up, to get in field goal range. Like I said, Breeze does what he does. I kind of don't like him playing, throwing it 43 times. I'm still kind of like, other than Michael Thomas and Kamara, do they have enough? I like to pick up a Jared Cook, but they didn't use him enough. It's still early. But these two look like these two teams are going to be playoff teams. It was a great game, and I enjoyed watching it last night. The Indianapolis Colts and the Los Angeles Chargers also gave us a pretty entertaining game this weekend. Chargers win it 30-24 to in overtime. Two playoff teams from last year. Pretty evenly matched game. Came down to certain things. You know, Vinatieri missed two field goals and an extra point that really came back and lost the game for the Colts. But you can't take anything from Phillip Rivers. He was pressured the whole game, but he stuck in there, hit his receivers downfield, and found a way to get the Chargers the win. I mean, two teams, I think, that you know, we don't really have, we have question marks about this season. We think they're going to be good, but we don't know for sure. Melvin Gordon, the running back, it looked like they didn't miss him at all. And you got to talk about Indianapolis, who Andrew Luck retired, who Jacoby Brissett stepped in and looked cool, calm, collective. I wish they would open the offense up a little bit for him, but they looked good. They didn't turn the ball over. Ran the ball good with Marlon Mack. He had 174 yards rushing. 
So you can't ask for much more than what you got from Brissett on Sunday. I think they were just let down with Vinatieri missing crucial kick after crucial kick. I don't know. But I think they're going to be fine without Andrew Luck. I still, like like I said, open it up to offense a little bit more, a little bit more plays downfield. And we'll see. As for the Chargers, like I said, I wouldn't be in a rush to pay Melvin Gordon. I think he deserves his money, but I wouldn't be in a rush. You got Austin Eckler. You had Justin Jackson came in and ran the ball well. That pass rush is pretty solid, even though the coach ran down their throat. I, that's more of a concern to me. The run defense just really got really exposed in that game but they found a way to win that's all you can ask for just find a way to win games like I said both these teams are going to be better missing key players but they're not that bad off I just wish you know the coach would open the offense a little bit more with Brissett but like kind of seemed like they kind of got the the training wheels on them just a, just a little bit they were a little bit conservative and that might have cost the coach. Like they were, it seemed like they were just settling for three instead of getting seven. And that might have ended up costing the coach at the end when, you know, Venetari might not have been in those positions. If you just go out there and get seven, he wouldn't be in those positions to kick field goals and, and only get three. But, I mean, like I said, it's only week one. I think both of these teams are going to be better than what they are right now. Chargers still missing. A, also, a key safety, Derwin James, is out for about two months so once they get him back they'll be better and once the coach get everything established with Brissett and get him more comfortable and more plays in the playbook with him I think they'll be fine as well good game on Sunday between these two teams I'm looking forward to see how they do this season them Cowboys Cowboys beat the New York Giants 35 to 17 Dak Prescott looked amazing 405 yards passing four touchdowns Cowboys look good I know I know it's the Giants I know relax I know I know it's the Giants but still you can't blame the Cowboys who's on their schedule. They did what they're supposed to be do. Beat the hell out of the Giants. If they barely would have won, we would have criticized them for that. No, you barely beat the Giants. They blew them out. They took care of business. Prescott, it seemed like they came out there with the game plan. Let's let Dex, Dak Prescott throw the ball. And he showed off his new toys. And, you know, he looked good. You know? You know when you get a new car, you like to show it off. You know, go get it washed, get it nice and clean and, you know, just ride around, not going nowhere, but just ride around and let people see you. And that's what the Cowboys wanted to do. They got Jason Witten back. They got Randall Cobb. Michael Gallup was making out there making plays. Amari Cooper for a full season now. And then, okay, we'll sprinkle in Zeke a little bit, too. I like what I've seen. They will be playing better teams, better secondaries, too, because this giant secondary can't cover me or you. I mean, Jesus, the guys just running wide open. Giants are a mess, but that's neither, neither here or there. We're talking about the Cowboys here. I think this is a team, definitely a playoff team. They can just, you know, keep Dak upright. The offensive line seems like they finally healthy. Work Zeke back in. He was gone. Get him back in the football shape instead of Cowboy shape, and they'll be fine. Defense look like it's nice and fast. Nice young defense. 
Dak's going to get his money. They got that window of opportunity to try to win now. I think they're going to take advantage of it. Cowboys, a tough out in the NFC this year. Minnesota Vikings looked good opening up their 2019 season. They beat the Atlanta Falcons 28-12. Vikings said they're going to run the ball a little bit more this year. They only had Kirk Cousins throw the ball 10 times. They look good. I like this formula for the Vikings. Don't get Kurt in those situations where he can hurt the team. And I like their receivers. Hell, I like their tight ends. But if you don't trust the quarterback like that, you hand it off to Dalvin Cook. You have the defense play good defense, create some turnovers, shut down a good Falcon offense, and this is the result you get. You live by that. I like what I'm seeing from Minnesota, but I think at some point in the season, they're going to have to depend on Kirk Cousins. I mean, it just is what it is. It's like, it's like you have everything right. Have you ever met a person, they just, they're nice. They they treat you good. You can go to them and tell them things. And you, they're just a good person. But then you find that one flaw and it's like it kind of just messes everything up. That's how it is with the Vikings. Good defense. Good wide receivers. Good defensive line. Great running back. Good coaching. But Kirk Cousins is their quarterback. And it's like, ah, it just messes up everything. Like, ah, oh, you had such a good thing going if he can't get if he doesn't get in their way i think this is a playoff and maybe a super bowl contender but like i said i just don't see a team going all the way with kirk cousins as their quarterback but like i said this is the nfl stranger things have happened if he can they're trying to limit them to you know not throw the ball as much showing you how much confidence they have in them but at some point he's gonna have to make a play and win a big game throwing the ball it's only week one, you know. It was against the Falcons, who I'm still trying to figure out. I mean, I just don't, I don't understand the Falcons. I think this Super Bowl hangover is going on to the third season now, and they just still haven't recovered from that. But we'll see. It's still early for both teams, but I like what I'm seeing from the Vikings. You know, minimize Cousins, run the ball, good defense. I think that's a recipe for the Vikings being a good team and being a playoff team. I'm going to do something new this year for the NFL season. After every week, I'm going to give you my winners and losers for the current week. And let's get it started now. For week one, we're going to go with my winners and losers for week one. You want the good news or the bad news? Uh, let's go with the the good news this week. My winners for week one, Lamar Jackson, 17 of 20, five touchdowns. Looked like he was in control of the offense, command of the team. Looked like a quarterback out there, only ran three times, threw for five touchdowns against a bad Dolphin team. He looked good and in control. I'm going to go with Lamar Jackson. Another winner, Dak Prescott. 25 of 32, 405 yards, and four touchdowns. 
He also looked good. Show me the money. Dak on his money. He looking good. Was against the Giants, shaky secondary, but don't blame that on Dak. He looked great. Got it together. Cowboys look good. Uh, Sammy Watkins, nine catches for 198 yards and three touchdowns. He just looked amazing against a pretty good Jacksonville defense. If Sammy Watkins can play like that, this chief office is going to be unstoppable. This is the Sammy Watkins we thought we was getting coming out of Clemson. That's why he was the number one guy over, you know, DeAndre Hopkins and Martavius Bryant when they were in school. If we can get this Sammy Watkins, the Chiefs are going to be tough. Another winner this week, the Green Bay Packers defense. Shutting down the Chicago Bears. Don't get me wrong, the Chicago Bears isn't a juggernaut on offense. But if you can hold a team to three points on the home field, opening night when you struggled as a defense over the years, you got to give Green Bay credit for that. All Aaron Rodgers has wanted for years is a good defense. And if he has a solid defense, the Packers are going to be in contention. And my, another winner, Will Lutz, field goal kicker for the New Orleans Saints in the most exciting game of week one. He hits a 58-yarder at the buzzer to give the Saints a 30-28 victory over the Houston, Texas. 58 yards is a good win to start the season off for the Saints. Will Lutz, also a winner. And unfortunately, it was a couple of guys who didn't do as well on week one. I'm going to give you my losers for week one. I'm going to give you... My number one loser for week one, I'm going to go with Jameis Winston. Is it time we start using the B word for Jameis Winston? Is Jameis Winston a bust? 20 of 36, three interceptions, two pick sixes returned to the crib, you know, by Richard Sherman. He got one back to the crib, and Jameis Winston just looks lost out there. If Bruce, Bruce Arians can't save him, I don't know if nobody will. He might be a lost cause, but Jameis Winston had a horrible start to the season. Adam Vinatieri. The greatest kicker in our lifetime is starting to, I don't know, is he, is he starting to hit a brick wall? Is it at that age? You know, it's certain stuff you got to give up on, you know, certain stuff. You can't, it doesn't last forever. He missed, you know, three field goals, one extra point and two field goal tries. He even missed one from 29 yards for crying out loud. I don't know if Vinatieri might be on his last leg, literally. Another loser, the Miami Dolphins. I mean, this, this, this franchise has always been kind of, mediocre at best now they're just flat out awful i mean give it 59 points in your season opener everybody just looked lost nobody could cover anybody the offense was a joke the whole team was a joke it's kind of hard pressing me to see this team winning the game this year but you never know we've seen stranger things in the nfl but the miami dolphins look awful uh, another loser this week baker mayfield all the talking in the offseason he did and I thought he was going to come out and perform better than this. I mean, three interceptions. One took back to the house with pick six. The Cleveland offense could do nothing all day. The offensive line is horrible, so Baker didn't have too much time to do anything. He needs to get it together. This team did a lot of talking in the offseason for a team who really has never done anything. We'll see if they can get it together. And another loser this week, the Pittsburgh Steelers offense. I mean, what the hell was that Sunday night? I mean, you hear this all offseason. This is a better training camp. No noise. We're more focused. And then you go out there, got the New England Patriots opening night, and you don't show up. You can't show up for the world champs. This was pathetic. I mean, the Steelers offense couldn't move the ball. Big Ben looked lost out there without his. I hate to say it. It looked like he looked lost without, you know, Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell, you know. But Big Ben is supposed to be the type of quarterback that can have, you know, less talent, but still make them better than what they really are. 
But I'm starting to think, was it the other way around? Was the stars making him better than what he really is? We'll see this season. The Steelers need to get together. They just look lost out there. Center don't know the snap count. It was pretty pathetic out there. I don't know. But those are my winners and losers for week one. Thanks for joining me this week.